Well, today, we're on our little third uh, little uh, message about we are a prophetic community, and uh, this is the last one of this kind of little group here. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in, but here's, here's what I want to say today. You know, I was loading up, loading up, loading up, studying, getting, looking up words, getting all this stuff, feeling really incredible about it. And then I got up this morning, I said, well, Lord, how are we doing with uh, all this? He goes, okay, uh, you got another idea? Forgiveness. So the Holy Spirit put the little, tagged the little thing. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I wonder if he like throws out stuff and sees how sensitive I'll be to grab it. Have you ever felt like that before? Just, you know, it's those little whispers, little moments. And, um, but here's what I want to say about what we're going to talk about today. Everything that I preach to you, everything that I teach you, everything that I seek to model, I just want to declare, it works. It's life on life. It's transformational. The Holy Spirit manifests the work of His Word by the power of His Spirit within us. And it's life-changing. Anybody say yes to that? Has God worked it in you? Jesus even called and said, the works are from my Father. And even greater works you're going to do. And so as we get to know Him, as we walk with Him, these deep interchanges happen. So today's kind of subtitle is we prophesy forgiveness and blessing. By the way, just the term prophecy or prophesy in the Old Testament, the term, it had to do with foretelling. Like there's a, you can go like Google, like, like 44 very specific fulfilled prophecies about Jesus and where they were fulfilled in the New Testament from the Old Testament. So there's an aspect of prophesying that has to do with foretelling. And some of the th- words I believe that uh, our friend Carrie Kirkwood gave us had to do with opening up potentials by the Holy Spirit in our life. Some of it was like that. I believe in that very much. Um, and the simplest definition when it says to prophesy, it means to, to build somebody up, to say something. See, if I'm talking to you out of my mind, it's going to go into your mind, and that's good. But if I speak out of my spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your spirit. And there are moments when you're sitting here, and suddenly it's not really in the, your mental realm anymore. Suddenly you're having a heart encounter with the Lord, and He's beginning to do a work. And this is what we go for. We go for what the Holy Spirit will do in us when we're in here, because life change happens by Him doing that kind of thing. It's not like you take a bunch of notes and go home and study them and change. And you can change it through studying notes at home. You can study the Word of God and go through change. But here's what I want to say. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you that that's where you come alive. Are you there? So let's invite that to happen. Father God, we ask in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you said, come to the Father and ask in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking, Lord, today that you would alter the way we perceive you and bring us into a deeper understanding of how you love us, uh, the things that you've made available to us, Just make it alive inside, I pray. Make it alive inside of every heart. Make the Word, make your love, make your purpose and intentions alive in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to start with 1 Timothy 1.15. And this is a little verse that we can't look up there and see, but it's from Paul. And Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners. 
Would you say that with me? Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul says, comma, of whom I am foremost. Now, Paul was a saint of a guy, but apparently the more you, how many of you have been like a, I can't tell if there's stains on that shirt or not, but when you get into the light and you get the light on it, you go, oh, there's one and there's one and there's one. When we come closer to Jesus, there's a highlighting of, oh, this blemish, this thing, this way. But it's not, it's not meanness. It's not done out of meanness. It's just done out of pure, the love light shines. When the love light shines, you go, I need more love in these areas of my life. I need more. And so he said, I'm the chief of sinners. And then um, Matthew 26, 28, Jesus is talking at the Last Supper. He says, for this is my, the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many. Everybody say this, for the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. Now, this is the part I wish I had up here, but I'm going to, I want everybody to like, can you do, just make, make me, humor me and just put, put your hands behind your ears and poke them out just a little bit. The meaning of sin in the Hebrew worldview is the loss or injury of relationship. Did anybody hear what I just said? It's not like the Roman worldview where you miss the mark. It's about the loss or relationship, loss or injury of relationship. So in the Hebrew mindset, in the Hebrew worldview, sin is about a loss of relationship. Would you say that? A loss of relationship. That's key. It, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, in the Hebrew mindset, see, we think of, oh, here's the sin, here's the sin, here's the sin. But the, the, he's not thinking that way. He's thinking, you lost relationship with me. Therefore, this has all happened. Simply put, the sin condition, uh, the sin is a condition of having a broken relationship with God. Sin didn't break the, re- sin's not what, well, it's kind of interesting because it's when they doubted that he was good. And they made a choice. And if this was, oh, it'd be, okay. It's separation from God. With separation from God yields brokenness. Are you there? So bad behavior or sinful actions are merely symptoms of brokenness. And brokenness that re- results from our broken relationship with God. See, when you, when, if you're trying to get better and not sin, trying to get better, you got the wrong focus. The right focus is getting back in the right relationship with God. And then he gives you a power that you didn't have before. Hello! So Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Basically, they separated themselves uh, from God, and this is what happens right here. They set their hearts on something other than God to be the source of knowledge, wisdom, protection, and provision. The tree of, look, Father God, walking with Jesus in the cool of the evening, this replaced that. It put all the burden on you to figure out your life. That's what happened there. And he goes, let's don't worry about that. Let's get back to me. How many, uh, how many of you just feel, oh man, I just keep forgetting, you know, you have to give forgiveness of sins over and over and over and say, whoa, 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 let's get you to the relationship. So rather than trusting God's love to protect and provide, people are looking for ways to protect themselves and restore what they lost. Give me a Bible principle, I got to work. They began blaming each other. Remember, this is, where are you, Adam? I'm right. Well, who told you you're naked? Uh, uh, 
you know this woman that you gave me, I'm blaming you for the woman. And the woman goes, it was the snake. <laughs> so there's always this pointing. So the separation from God results in, would you say these two words, self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency. and self-centeredness. self-centeredness. Say it again, self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency. Self-centeredness. self-centeredness. That, my friend, is the essence of sin. Self. Always thinking you've got to do it. Always focus on you. Now, remember, we talked about that little circle that God wants you to come into. And suddenly when you're filled with his love the way he wants you to be, there's something that eases about you trying to perform for it. How many of you know that performing for God is just part of your problem? It's just part of it. So anyway, what happens, uh, what flows out of this, Mark seven twenty through 23 said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. So the brokenness, now we have stuff in us. This is the list from, from within, out of the heart of man. Everybody say the heart. My first message before the Lord interrupted me on this, and he can do that anytime, trust me. It had to do with more of the heart issue, the conditioning of the heart. So the heart of man. The heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. foolishness. All of these things come from within. See, that's what defiles a person when that stuff's expressed. This is why he says, I need you to get back with me. And what, what's happened, a person knows they're a sinner. They can deny it, but you, everybody knows it. Nobody wants to talk about it. In fact, let's try to like make it disappear from the culture. Let's try to like, that's not a word we should use because it sounds so condemning. Well, listen, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. How many of you know that when you hear the truth and the Lord brings the truth to you, it always comes with love for you? It's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. That you can know you're a terrible sinner and completely loved at the very same time. It's not a harsh judgment where you go, you're a sinner and there's no hope for you. It's, I love you so much. I love you so much. But I'm all messed up. I love you so much. But I'm all messed up. Oh, I love you so much. But I'm all messed up. But you love me so much. I have hope. And that's where hope comes from. Hope comes from, you can't do it, he can do it. And love will do it. And love will change you. And love will help you. He's going to come in and do it. Colossians 1, and 22, And you were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now, everybody say the big, big $20 word, reconciled. Reconciled means to bring back to a former state of harmony. He's brought you back to a former state of harmony in his body of the flesh through by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. He's going to do in you what you could never do in yourself. And I, I, the, the reality of this, the way Jesus ministered forgiveness. How many of you ever been mad at yourself for doing something stupid? Have you gotten madder at yourself 
even madder at yourself, more angry at yourself, the more stupider you acted. Isn't that a cycle? Let me ask you this. Has it helped? Has being mad at yourself ever helped you? You know, the Bible actually says, the anger of man cannot produce the righteousness of God. So you can't get mad enough at yourself to be better. It doesn't work. You have to let go of the anger and come into the unconditional love of God. And you go, yeah, but who's going to pay for this? And that's the point. Jesus paid for all of your mess-ups. Oh, come on, somebody. Have you ever desired to pull your sister's hair? <laughs> to beat your little brother up? Has, have you ever had, had a, a, a feeling like, I just want to chew their head right off? They make me so mad. I'm tired of this. I've gone to meddling. No, anyway. Let's, um, so Jesus comes along and he's like, this Hebrew mindset about mending the relationships, mending the relationships and restoring the loss of relationship. This is the key. This is major, major key. It starts where God restores relationship with him. And then as he's working inside of you, he begins to cause the restoration of relationship to happen around you where he can do it, where he can invade those relationships. Have you noticed that? Jesus shows up and these guys, these Pharisees, they want to they check Jesus out on how, just how good he is with the law. And they bring a woman caught in adultery. Where's the man? Dear Lord. And they bring this woman before Jesus and they all got stones in their hands and they're ready to go according to the Old Testament and they stone her and just kill her. This is how murderous these guys are. And Jesus, wanting to restore relationship, not putting more emphasis on the sin, but on restoration of relationship. This is how Jesus pulls this one off. He says, well, let me go ahead and ask everybody here who doesn't have a sin, you go ahead and cast the first stone. Look what he did. Look what he did. He didn't start picking out all their sins. Like you and I would. Playing Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit doesn't even do that. Isn't it amazing? He says, hey, who doesn't have any sin here? Go ahead and throw the first stone. And all of them, and I love the way it says it, from the oldest to the youngest. Because the old guys went... I got years of sins. <laughs> the young guys go, am I that bad yet? Yeah, I better drop the rock. And then Jesus, more interested in restoration of the relationship with God, says to her, where are your accusers now? Where are those people? They're all gone. Jesus is more concerned about restoration of the heart to God than about the sins committed. Now, he's going to go deal with that on the cross. Somebody just praise the Lord with me. See, this is one of those places where you go, oh, man, this is how our God is different from all the other ones. Yes. Yes, you don't have to die for him. He died for you. 
He is looking for a response of heart that the same love that he loves you with, you would respond back with love toward him. He's the only one like that. How about the other lady that was anointing Jesus' feet and she was in that house? And Simon, this you know, tax collector, he's going, if you just knew who in the world was washing your feet with her perfume and tears and wiping your dusty feet off there, if you just knew, if you just had a clue, you're not really a prophet, are you? Because if you knew who this stinking sinner woman was, and Jesus perceives the thoughts of the self-righteous. Everybody say self-righteous. Somebody just thinks they're better than you just because that's how they think. But when they look in the mirror and they know all their secrets, they just kind of push theirs aside and judge. And there's a whole, this, the one that the message I didn't do, let me share a little bit of that one. Because here's the point. If you're full of sin, which you are if you haven't been washed from your sins in Christ, then you're going to judge other people based on your sins. You're going to be more critical about the people who are doing the exact same thing you're doing. You're going to be accusing people, and it's like you're accusing of, of what you are. That's how that goes. You're, you're looking at someone through the eyes of your own separated relationship with God and the things that you give place to to try to fill up that hole in your life and you know it's wrong, and therefore you point that out in other people. It's worthless. It's worthless. It's loveless. It's religious. It's self-righteous. It doesn't work. In God's economy of things, that's not the focus. So Jesus is going, he's, he's listening to Simon, and he goes, you know, hey, I got a little story here for you, buddy. Let's say a guy who's, uh, two, you know, 500 bucks and 50 bucks and two different guys and the fellow forgives the one, both debts. He forgives the one with the 500, forgives the one with the 50. Who's going to appreciate the forgiveness of the debt more? The one with the most money or the one with the least money? So, well, the one with the most, owed the most, they would appreciate it more. He says, well, you got that one right, Simon. I came in here and this normal custom when somebody walks in your house, just normal custom, because we're walking around all day long within these sandals and dust, that somehow there's a bowl of water around here somewhere, and you at least offer that to wash your feet off. And you didn't do that. The basic, simple, cultural kindness you overlooked. And here's this woman standing right, kneeling right here, and she's washing my feet with her tears. And let me go ahead, and go ahead and say, she knows that she's been forgiven of a whole lot more than you, than you know you have. She's been forgiven so much that she loves more. Come on, everybody. When Jesus has taken a lot of sin off your life, your desire, your understanding of, of loving him back is huge. It's amazing, isn't it? You just want to like, oh my gosh. How many of you, um, I'm, I want to try to get kind of a, uh, let me go ahead and say this. I'm what, um, I was sharing with a few of our leadership this today. I just want to come around. And, and I'll get back into this. 
But I would hear uh, years ago with being under Jack Hayford's ministry, I would hear him talk about refining is going to last your whole lifetime. That the Holy Spirit is going to do refining works in you all the way till the, when you go home to be with Jesus. I remember when I first got here and I felt like, oh, I get it now, so I'm just going to be functioning in the gifts of the Spirit and helping people. And the Lord spoke to me. It was the funniest statement. He said it this way to me because it got in me and never left. And he said, oh, you're not just like Jesus just yet. How many of you go, okay, that spoke. In other words, we're not done with you. You're not just going to be helping other people. We're still going to be working on you. And I remember he shared the story of how he was praying for his mother. His mother was on the deathbed. He said, Lord, take her home, take her home. She's suffering, take her home. And the Lord interrupted him and said, I'm not finished with her yet. She's on a deathbed and God's still transacting something in her heart, relieving her of something that she won't have to have relieved in heaven. So right up to the very last moments, God can do whatever he wants to do because he loves his people. And he's preparing us. Isn't that good? And the Lord relieved me from some of my burden. He brought up something that I apparently was imparted to me. It happened uh, Friday morning. I went down. I was just feeling like, a, how many of you feel like when you, when God, before God relieves you of some kind of a burden, you feel a bit more in turmoil than normal. You just feel out of it. Am I the only one? Yeah, because it starts to come up. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. So I sit down with the Lord, and I, because of the revelation of Father God that I, He's been pouring into my heart, He said, uh, I said, what is going on here? And He said some words to me, and I coughed. And those words summarized an attitude that I grew up under that were what had still affected me. And by the way, I've, now the next thing that happened, Heather came down and we were sitting there and I told her about it. And as I told her about the freedom that I experienced, I began to cry. And I cried probably about 20, 30, maybe 40 minutes. I just cried. It just, apparently the damage of that particular thing was pervasive. How many of you have ever experienced something like that? Where the Lord says, I'm going to take this enemy that's been wreaking havoc on your soul, I'm going to take it away from you. But there's going to be some grieving because you've lost some areas where you could have functioned in, in a wholeness. I'm going to give that to you now. But you grieve out what was taken. You let go of the loss that occurred. Isn't that right? He can do anything he wants. Would you just sit in his presence and say, and don't be afraid of him. Don't be afraid. We talked earlier, light comes in. When light comes in, you go, oh my gosh. Blemishes. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. stuff that you've had all your life and I thought I was doing pretty good and I don't feel upset I don't feel um, condemned 
I don't feel ashamed. I feel free. I feel like I, I knew, I knew. I'm newer than I was. And that lady was washing his feet. She felt so free. She was so like, I'm in heaven. I'm, I'm freed from all of my failures as a prostitute or streetwalker or whatever. Whatever she was, I'm freed from the stain of my mistakes. I'm free from the brokenness that led me away. There's a pure man here representing forgiveness that I've ever never experienced before. And I now have this depth of forgiveness inside of me. And I love him so much. How many of you love the Lord because of the burdens that he's taken from your life? That's part of the transaction. That's part of it. He doesn't go, okay, see how you can jump for me. Go. No. He's like, if you need to get to the next level, come here, I'll help you up. He's just love. Then, um, yeah. So they're all hanging out. There's another little path. Then we'll get to the Old Testament one. There's another. Uh, they're all reclining at the tax collectors and sinners' houses. And this, I don't get, I don't know what, you know, there, apparently there's like, you know, little places to sit outside and stuff. And the scribes and the Pharisees over there. And they're saying stuff like, he's eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. Why does he eat with them? Why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? And Jesus heard them and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't call the righteous, but sinners. I mean, you'd be glad you heard the call. And that's what I want to talk about just for a second here. Uh, if you have a Bible or an electronic device, you can look in this real quick. I, uh, Isaiah 43, just as one and two. I would love to put this up here, but I'm going to cover this. Isaiah 43 verse 1 and 2. Now, if you ever watch The Chosen, the very first scripture that's brought up with Mary Magdalene is this scripture. And her dad is speaking it to her when she's a kid. It's part of the dialogue in the, the TV show. And it's this, now says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's the first part. And we're going to come back to that. But this is the second verse. It's so powerful. Watch this. He says, look, I've, uh, he says, I created you, formed you, redeemed you. So don't be afraid. I've called you by name. You're mine. And now he says this. Unless, so when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. So this created you. Let me just jump to the thing here. I'm going to just jump all the way down to, I wrote this out. By the way, when he says, I called you my name, listen to this. This is genius. He says, I created you, O Jacob. I formed you, O Israel. What happened there? Did you know Jacob wrestled with this angel and he became Israel? He says, I created you. And you, when I created you, you know, you, you were this hill catcher boy. You were supplanting people. You were trying to, you're always trying to get ahead by turning somebody else's heel over because you grabbed the little heel of your brother when he came out of the womb. So when Isaac and Jacob came out, 
he, I mean Esau, excuse me, Esau and Jacob came out. Esau was this little red, hairy little, looked like a maybe, I don't know, but he was hairy. And uh, Jacob grabbed his heel, and when he came out of the womb, he got a free ride. He came popping out. And he was named Jacob because it means supplanter. It means to turn the heel. It means somebody, and it also means layer, a, a person who lays snares for other people. So he was always out there trying to pull it off, fighting for himself his whole life. And he comes to a point at which he's sick and tired of being sick and tired of all this. And this angel comes, and he starts, he has a wrestling match with God. And he changes, you know what Israel means? Repeat this, would you? Israel means God prevails. So here's the point. I was Jacob, and I always had to be the one that prevailed in my life. But then God changed my name, and now he's going to prevail in my life. Hallelujah, I created you, oh Jacob. I formed you, and the word formed is the same word you get for someone who makes a pot, you know, to, to fashion, to form a person. So during that wrestling match, he was forming. How many of you have gone through wrestling matches with your own stuff? And God touches you, and he changes. so he changes you. He says, I created you, O Jacob, who fought for yourself all your life like an orphan with no one to help you but yourself. By, and uh, I squeezed you into shape like a potter molds clay and have formed you into the one who knows that God will always prevail in your life for you and that you never have to be done, do it on your own. And so here's what I wanted to say. Would you, I, I want to, I wrote this out as an application for us using this. So if you like, shut everything else, close your eyes, and I want to speak this over you from the Lord, okay? This is what the Lord says to you. I have, I created you before you knew me, and you are always fighting for yourself without me. And I have been forming you since you've known me just like clay on the potter's wheel. Have you felt the squeeze at times as I'm working in your heart? So I don't want you to be afraid that I might forsake you because I have redeemed you to myself so that what is supposed to happen in and through your life is going to happen just as I have purposed. I called you to myself and you are mine. I've called your name. Remember? So there is nothing that you could possibly go through that I am not in it with you. I will always be with you to keep you and you will not be overwhelmed. You will not be burned up or burned out. You will not be consumed in any way. When you feel like you're in over your head or in the middle of something difficult, because I created you and I formed you, I redeemed you, I called you by name, and you're mine. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. There's a couple of scripture things to say. So here's the question. Where are you right now and what are you dealing with? So let me ask you this. Uh, is anybody, uh, I haven't even really got a lot to, I've talked about Jesus' ability to restore relationship and how he's not so focused on all the sinful behavior as much as reconnecting you with God. And I don't know if people preach this, but that's really good. That's excellent preaching. Because Jesus is perfect theology of Father God and he came to restore you to him 
And so here's the thing. Do you need forgiveness? Do you need to receive it? Or do you need, do you need to give it? Does anybody here need to receive the blessing of the Lord? Or do you need to give the blessing of the Lord? Because the Lord calls us to do stuff that's way beyond us. He says, somebody just damages you like crazy. And the Lord says, bless them. What? I'm so injured, I can't even imagine that. How many of you? They tore me up. The, Jesus says, come on to the weight room. Let's pick out some weights here. Let's try these. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's go ahead and bless the person that abused you. Let's love that enemy. Let's do good to the person that spitefully used you. Oh, it's, I said, I need some help. Jesus will actually cause your heart to become the one that blesses the people who hurt you. And that's the gospel of the kingdom of God. That changes everything. Here's how you do it. Are you ready? Father, I know you forgive them. That's your heart and attitude is to forgive them. So I join with you and I forgive them too. And I, in your authority and your name, release them into all of your intents and purposes and all your destiny for their life. Bless them with your goodness. Bless the person who wounded me the greatest with the deepest blessing you can bless them with. Did the Holy Spirit just show up in the room? Do you have a witness of the Holy Spirit being the person who did you the deepest damage? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand with you and I forgive them. I become a conduit of your forgiving power through my life. And this is what we learned from Kerry Kirkwood and the power of blessing. He said, speak to them the blessing you want for you. So you can sow the blessing that you want. So think of the greatest blessing to your life and sow it over their life. Give it to them. Let them have it. Father God, love them up one side and down the other. Bless them beyond their ability to understand how good you are. Cause it to be like heaven on earth for them. May they be consumed with your goodness. Just know all this is boomeranging right back to you. Come on. This is what a prophetic community does. It speaks forgiveness and blessing to the most damaging people and releases God's favor upon them. You don't stop the blessing, you release the blessing. And he says, thank God for Philippians 2.13, for it is, say this with me, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work of his good pleasure. See, it's not based on you. It's based on God says, I, I'm having trouble with this. He says, well, join all the rest of my kids. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and give you a willingness that you didn't have. I'm going to give you the ability to do it and cause people to be impacted and changed 
Does anybody feel like some of the muscle in their heart is just being stretched a little bit? Just say, oh, wow, man. I don't feel like I have the capacity to do what you're saying. None of us do. It's kind of like resistance training. This is hard. Yield. It's easier the more you yield to the one who did it for you. The one who does it through you. And this is what it declares. Oh man, I got, I'll tell you what, we'll save the other one. Let let me say this. I got to say this. He says, I will, this is Ezekiel 36, 25, 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from your idols, I, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from you, from your heart of flesh. And I'll give you, uh, uh, I'll give you a heart of flesh. Now listen to this. I'll put a, my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I will cause you to do it. I'll put my spirit in you and I'll cause it to manifest through you. That's how we do it. I'll cause it to happen. You don't have to grunt it out. You just surrender. And I'll cause it. My spirit's going to do something in you that brings life and freedom. Praise the Lord. You need God to step in and do those things that you can't do. Release don't think he can't say yes and he says I'll cause your heart to change in the very last verse 1 Thessalonians 5 24 he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it he will surely do it he will surely do it he's faithful he'll do it in and through you he'll do it the Lord says, let me do something for you. And as I work in you, it'll just come right on through you. Let's all stand together. Say, Father God, any place in my life, I need forgiveness. Go ahead and speak that. Father, any place in my life, I need forgiveness. Pull your forgiveness through me. I receive forgiveness of my sins. I receive restoration of relationship with you in every place in my heart every place in my heart heart come under the ruling love of Jesus come under the healing power of Father God's love I give myself to you and now Father I receive your blessing on my life I thank you that I'm going further than I ever thought I could I'm stepping into a season of blessing unusual blessing guys we're actually prophesying here I'm not just making this up there's a season of unusual blessing coming upon us unusual blessing let's praise the Lord for it unusual blessing he says it's not usual this is unusual this is not normal this is beyond that this is beyond that overabundant beyond that Jesus said I came to give you abundant life abundant life something greater than what you have abilities beyond what you can do in yourself submit to him praise the Lord hallelujah praise you Jesus
Faithful is he who calls you. He will also surely do it in you. Praise the Lord. I want you to, anybody here, that I want to tell you what, put your hands on your, up here on your mind right quick. Say, mind, you are blessed in Christ Jesus. Every stronghold against God, you have to leave. The power of the blood casts you out. I take authority over all the negative thinking. I am blessed. I am blessed. My mind is healed. My past is taken care of. My future is secure. I'm blessed in the Lord. I receive it all. Now, in Jesus' name. Now, let's go ahead and praise Him. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.